0: This is Guidepost, a new podcast from the publishers of The CRISPR Journal. Hello, I'm Kevin Davis, executive editor of The CRISPR Journal, cutting-edge discovery and analysis from the world of gene editing at crisprjournal.com. In a moment, my interview with Canadian microbiologist Sylvain Moineau. This episode of Guidepost is brought to you by Synthego, which is increasing accessibility to CRISPR through its portfolio of engineered cells products and CRISPR kits. Learn more at synthego.com. For the better part of two decades, Sylvain Moineau at Laval University in Quebec City, Canada, has been studying the biology of bacteriophages, which has thrust him into the world of CRISPR and gene editing. Moano and his colleagues played a key role in establishing the function of CRISPR repeats more than a decade ago and has remained in the front lines of the field. In June 2019, next year, he will be co-hosting the CRISPR 2019 conference in Quebec City. We spoke earlier this summer at the CRISPR meeting in Lithuania. Sylvain, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. So we're going to talk about your work and career in Studying viruses and the fundamental role it's played in um, in the whole CRISPR story. I guess first a brief your your, your background and uh, you're from uh, uh, you're a prouder Quebecois. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm from I'm from Quebec City indeed, yeah. and actually I got interested in microbiology. I'm a microbiologist because. Uh, First time I actually looked under a microscope. I was in high school, yeah, and I just got fascinated by, yeah. by everything I saw, and, and and then that's when I went to university in microbiology, yeah, and, and during my 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 studies that uh, in microbiology I had the chance to work with an electron microscope, uh-huh. where I saw viruses, yeah, and then they I just I got to study this, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and and then I, I did my PhD on, on on bacteriophages, and it's funny because th- this is like the beginning of the '90s. And back in those days, people were saying that um, I should not be studying phages because we knew everything about them. So it was kind of serious. Some people thought that, you know, we knew everything and, and but I, I, I mean, I was studying different type of phages yeah. and we knew nothing about them yeah. and I got, got into that. And after my, my uh, you know, I was studying phages that were infecting. A dairy bacteria or a good bacteria, so right. phages in that area are a problem. Yeah, because they're going to kill the bacteria that we're adding to the milk to make cheese to make yogurt. Yeah, so there was a really a need to understand these viruses yeah. and then to come up with solutions to uh, to this problem. Yeah, so we start start studying that during my PhD, and, and then after that, I got recruited by a company. Yep. So I did a postdoc in the industry mm-hmm. um, in the United States this time. And um, and I was th- that's when I started actually to work on phages infecting Streptococcus thermophilus, okay. which is the model for CRISPR, or became the model for yeah. CRISPR-Cas. Yeah. Uh, so and after two and a half years in the industry, I started my own lab. Right. right. I had a chance to go back home. Right. To my alma alma mater. Yeah. Which rarely happens, so I, I, yeah. took, I took the chance, <laughs> and uh, and I've been studying. Um, these phages and these bacteria since 1996.
0: Why? Uh, what is the significance for people who aren't I- in the food or haven't followed or don't d- don't follow the food science uh, too closely? What is the significance
1: of Streptococcus thermophilus? Yeah, Streptococcus thermophilus is used to make yogurt. Okay. Uh, uh, it's sold worldwide because it's used to make uh, the cheese that you're putting on your pizza. Yeah. It's used to to make uh, uh, mozzarella cheese, um, Swiss cheese. Yeah. So it, people are estimating that we're eating over 10 to the 21 strepthermophilus cells per per year oh my god so that's a lot of a lot of uh, cells right and um, it's obviously a safe bacteria yeah and the problem is that when you're making cheese you're dealing with high volume of milk and 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 these phages are will be resistant to a lot of uh, treatment like eat treatment pasteurization for example yeah and these phages are normally found in in milk. Yeah. So if you're adding bacteria and then there's a perfect match between the phage and the bacteria, then it can start and kill yeah. those bacteria. And if they do that, then your cheese won't taste the same, You right. won't have the right quality. Right. And there's really an interest to have bacteria that are resistant to these viruses. Right. And then we start studying these, right. these, um, these phages and, and these bacteria um to understand their interaction and the biology and 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 so we started to study phage genomes in in 1997 1998 it was quite expensive in 1997. yeah you said in your talk today Forty thousand dollars yes. to sequence a phage <laughs> genome oh exactly my God. and yeah. now it's only 200 dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um so we start and, and the point that why we were doing that is just to understand how these viruses were evolving over time yeah and yeah. then we had a better grasp of how they were evolving. We're looking at how the bacteria was responding where um, when they they're infected by uh, by these viruses. So when I left the company, actually they gave me uh, a company was called Unilever. Uh, they gave me a research contract for mm-hmm. three years. Okay, and so I worked with them and keep keep working with them. And then after that, uh, the contract ended, and that's when at that time a company called Rhodia, which became the NISCO and became Dupont, right. Uh, um, contacted me and we start working with on their bacteria and their phages, um, and and that's how the, the, the relationship started in two thousand, and even today we're still collaborating. Yeah, um, and that's primarily uh, Philippe Horvath Philippe Christophe Christophe Dennis yes. Romero, and, right. and a little bit of also Vardol. Of
0: okay, and so Rodeo were interested in your work because you could help them with their
1: starter cultures. Is a, that a, a fair exactly. summary? Okay, they saw they saw a few talks at meetings. Yeah, uh, and um, and they knew I was already working with a company. Well, when they heard that contract was coming to an end, yeah. um, they jumped in, and yeah. it's been great. i been we have been working together for over eighteen years now. It's been it's been awesome.
0: Right. And were you already, presumably it was well-known or it was, you, it was seen that some uh, uh, some phage, would, would, some bacteria were just wiped out by, yeah, yeah. Uh, by phage, um, uh, but and the
1: mechanism wasn't clear? In streptomophilus, no, it, it was not very clear, actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and in 2005, we were starting to analyze, uh, we were starting to getting the, or, or having a better handle of how to make uh, bacteria resistant to phage. Right, right, right. And at, at the lab level, we knew how to do that. Yeah. But the thing is, when, the, when we were starting to analyze these these bacteria, yeah, their resistance mechanism did not fit in any of the ones that were known. Okay. Okay. And about at the same time, there's three papers that came out that. Uh, uh, entered the, the possibility that maybe CRISPR Cas could be involved in phage resistance, and then uh, Denisco had filed a patent on this, but they were missing the biological met- uh, the data yeah. to actually uh, prove the concept. And, yeah. and since we were still working together, and 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 so we the we they approached me and we yeah. did the experiment, uh, the yeah. phage experiment for the 2006.
0: So the 2005 papers include Mojica exactly. and two they, other papers they, in it, that. Uh, series of three, three published very close yeah. together um, were you doing similar work but were you sequencing strains at that time no, or we're you, not. so crispr
1: we'll was uh, uh, new to you yeah it, it was new to okay. you. i saw a poster actually in 2002 yeah. from one of the groups that published a um, that one of the 2005 paper and we you know we we had interest but we were not looking into it right. at the time okay no. Uh, uh, and and then those three papers came, and we had all the biological material. We had the yeah. phage genomes that we had sequenced, yeah. and, and then we ran the experiment. And I still remember uh-huh. in two thousand six, I think, okay. uh, when the, the, the person Ellen DeVoe, in my lab was a postdoc. She actually ran the experiment. Uh, got bacteria that were resistant to phage and ran PCR on a CRISPR array. And then she came to my office. You ain't gonna believe this, and and then we could see that the PCR product uh, at a different size, meaning something had happened to the CRISPR array. Oh, and then it right. was just it was, yeah, history from there. Right, right. But I think the sequencing of the phage genome helped. Yeah. Because without that, there's no way we can do this. Right. And um, and our, yeah, and the understanding, we had a fairly good grasp of of the phage host interaction back in the day in those yeah. days and. And that uh, you ain't gonna
0: believe this was that part of the the science paper yeah, in two thousand and uh, yeah, seven, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barangu et al. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, and that uh, that
1: really was the, the unequivocal experimental exactly. demonstration yeah. that... Uh, well, yeah, the, the NISCO-Dupont had a lot of bioinformatic analyzes they have done on their strain, so they yeah. had a pretty good idea that this might be working. Yeah. But we came up with the experimental design right. to, to do the... Uh, and show the proof. Yeah,
0: Right. And uh, so take us from 2007. T- tell us about what happened next uh, leading <laughs> up to... You had another very big paper in yeah. 2010.
1: Yeah, so after what we did not know I think is that some people were already looking at the CRISPR and see what what was the role it was playing in microorganisms and in the 2007 paper uh, actually um, oh oh let me rephrase this yeah uh, people were, were studying the system and some of them were even having difficulty getting grants uh-huh. because when they were wanted to get money to study the system everybody was saying well what does it do yeah. and nobody knew so yeah. back in the back in 2007, the, um, so people had the had proof, the function of, okay, this is why this exists, this is why we need to study that. Yeah. And, then, and then they had the first CRISPR meeting in 2008. Okay. In 2009, I, I, I could not go to the 2008, but I went to the 2009. Yeah. And, and for me, it was just an eye-opener because um, every talk, every, seminar that was presented you had new data nothing mm. was new everybody was sharing the information yeah. and I, I keep saying that for 10 years i keep saying it was my scientific christmas because <laughs> every talk you were like a new gift right new data uh, that you were you were trying to understand yeah. and so those years were fantastic yeah and, and and then yeah in 2009 we were looking at um you know wh- what was the CRISPR system, how the CRISPR system was working. And yeah. and then we, we um, Josiane Garneau, which was a student in my group, uh-huh. and, and a few other people, um, we came up with a, an assay to show that the CRISPR-Cas system was actually cutting the invading DNA uh, and, and showing that it was really cutting three nucleotide close to the PAM. It was a blunt cutting. And, 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 then, um, and then, yeah, so we were really, so this was done in vivo. Okay. Inside a bacteria infected yeah. by a phage. Yeah. And a few years later, uh, I think it was 2011, um, other groups uh, showed that it was also being cut in vitro. So they had all the components, and they could do it in a tube, showing that it would be cut. Mm. Um, so that was also very interesting uh Uh, interesting results to see that others could duplicate what we saw in vivo but do it in vitro and then the 2012 paper came by Jennifer and Emmanuel
0: and and the rest is sort of history. Just going back to your Nature paper in 2010 uh, I believe Feng Zhang uh, credits that as being really the paper that sort of
1: switched him on Mm.
0: To CRISPR, has he has he personally thanked you for your inspiration that you provided for his <laughs> oh, he's work? He's a
1: fantastic uh, person. Yeah, uh, we we have not unfortunately met very often. Yeah, uh, because we work in different fields. Sure. Uh, at the beginning, and uh, but yeah, we have met a few times. And, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what he's doing is absolutely amazing. To yeah. Me, uh,
0: and, and when you demonstrated this uh, cutting Cut. uh, mm-hmm. uh, mechanism. Um, did the idea of editing more broadly even occur to you or were you just so fixated on viruses and yeah. bacteria that that other things had really no interest no, or didn't?
1: I, I think when you every time you see an enzyme cutting DNA, yeah. you're thinking recombinant DNA yeah. or you're thinking using it as a tool. Yeah. Now, would I think that this would become a genome editing? Uh, no way. Yeah. And, and, and I think also I, I don't think people could think that it would be so easy, trans, uh, uh, transportable, yes. to, or portable to other organism, human yes. cells, animals, So, yes. so no, I, I didn't think of that. Right. I, I don't think. Uh, well, maybe people thought of that, but I, in 2010, definitely not. Yes. Know.
0: Okay. That's 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 interesting. Um, so bring us up to speed. Obviously, you've taken us up to the the. the the uh, the, uh, the discovery of, of uh, or application of CRISPR now as a, as a, a fully fledged genome editing mm-hmm. uh, tool. What? How has your work uh, evolved or taken advantage of that information? And w- and what are some of the things that you're focusing on now?
1: Yeah. So our our lab is really studying phages, and yeah. that's where uh, we have a fairly large collection of bacteriophages yeah. and They are infecting a bunch of bacterial species at the Université Laval. So we're st- we keep studying them. Yeah. We also obviously keep keep studying. Um, uh, dairy bacteria phage as well, yeah. and, and because there's so much to know to learn about phages. Yeah, you know, pe- sometimes people don't don't realize that. But you know, viruses are the most abundant biological entities on the planet. Yeah, there's there's nothing more abundant than viruses. And sometimes when I teach this concept, I would tell people that if you go to the ocean and take water in the palm of your hands. Yeah. You have more viruses in your ends than there are human on this planet. <laughs> so that's a lot of viruses. <laughs> Just to understand how they yeah. how they propagate, how they evolve, yeah. uh, how they. How, how they respond to different yeah. uh, phage defense mechanisms. So this is pretty much what my lab is is, is studying. Alec.
0: And do you think we've only just scratched the surface of the total
1: uh, Absolutely. biological Absolutely. diversity of, of the viral yes. worlds? Yeah. Just very recently, uh, the, a group uh, just showed another, they found a different group of, of viruses uh, that are found in the ocean. So uh-huh. I think we're still missing yeah. uh, some yeah. some of these viruses. And they, go ahead. Oh, and I think if you started, even, we don't understand, we know we're full of viruses too, yes. full of phages, yes. but we're not totally understand what's their role in our, our microbiota. Yeah. Uh, so just understanding that may lead to you know, other discoveries and yeah. other treatments or, and so forth. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that still need to be learned. And, yes. and I keep remembering that in 1990 people were saying we knew everything about phages. <laughs> and we are in 2018 and I'm like, wow, we're just scratching the surface, right? Yeah. So In 1990 we thought there were 100,000 genes in the human <laughs> that's genome true. look how
0: wrong we were about that. Uh, so there's a lot of things we didn't know uh, or so thought we knew and we were completely wrong. Uh, you mentioned your phage collection and I think we should point out that you are um, I, I, this is perhaps a little Overly simplistic, but uh, you're kind of the ad gene of the phage world, right? <laughs> you are a, you provide a distribution exactly. uh, and free availability or m- m- for a nominal fee yeah, exactly
1: uh, for um, a, a wide array of viral stocks, correct? A, that's correct. Uh, in the past five years, we have shipped phages to over 35 countries, yeah. to yeah. Uh, over 250 labs that are. So if you're a lab you want to study phages, you want a reference phage, a yes. control phage, yeah, then you would go to our to our collection at yeah. the University Laval. And and the person really in charge is Denise Tremblay and and Denise will yeah. handle all and prepare the phages and ship them right. and ship the bacteria too. Right. Um, right. And then which is really interesting because people, you know, are are and I can we can see last year was our was the best year ever in terms of, of people ordering phages. So you can see that there's an increase right now in the phage research field. People are really interested because we're finding them everywhere. You know, I keep saying every time you find bacteria, you should find phages. Mm. Because if you don't, your protocol is wrong, right? Okay, So they're everywhere. So people. Try to learn what's their role, what's their function, their yeah. ecosystem, and so forth, and try to understand the biology also of these of these viruses. So, if you need a reference phage mm. or a control phage, then you can um, mm. you, you can contact us and and we'll do that. What is very interesting is that the microbiology field has increased so much, and if you are teaching microbiology, you know we keep adding all these new knowledge and everything. At some point, you kind of I teach microbiology. You, there's almost a, like a trade off at some point because. You need to remove stuff for, from your classes because there's yeah. just too much pho- information. In, yeah, and what we are, what we saw, is that a lot of information on phage was kind of pushed out. Yeah. You know, yeah, people that want to reuse phages, they you know, oh, how do I, how does this work? How yeah. do I manipulate phages? Yeah. So we get a lot of these questions now. So,
0: yeah. Um, and you're currently working on uh, anti-CRISPRs, right? Correct, Tell yeah. us a little bit about that That's um, interest.
1: So again, because the dairy industry has been using these strains that are resistant to phages yeah. um, through CRISPR, uh, what we're now, now starting to see is, the, is our phages that are resistant right. to CRISPR. Right. And one of the means to be uh, resistant to CRISPR is to by producing these yeah. proteins they call anti-CRISPR that yeah. will block. The activity of uh, of Cas9 so right. we a lot of people this uh, the, the anti CRISPR field was actually um, found or discovered by a group in the University of Toronto, Alan Davidson and Karen yes. Maxwell. Yeah, and, um, and 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 then now we're seeing them everywhere and and, <laughs> and, and in Strepthermophilus now, yeah, in their phages, we're starting to see more and more, and yeah, and, and new families of anti CRISPR are being discovered. So, again, it. it it's very interesting for us because again, this is an arm race between the phage and the bacteria. We came up with bacteria that were supposedly resistant and yeah. then the phage have evolved. And of course, we're kind of black back to our drawing board from our end, we yeah. need to come up with other defense mechanism. And you better be sure that you know, phage will come up again with another yeah. way because if you're the most abundant biological entities on the planet, yeah. You better have you, a few you've been tricks. Yeah, for yeah. A reason. yeah, exactly. So,
0: so are there? You talk about anti-Christmas. Are there anti-anti-Christmas? Oh, probably. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll leave yeah, that. Yeah. We'll yeah. leave that chapter for yeah, another time. Sylvain, so yeah, it's, right. it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much, and
1: continued yeah. success. Thank you. Thank you very much.